When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome in to Brewcast for Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined by Anthony Broom here with you on Monday night, September 6th, Labor Day. Coming to you live on YouTube on the Mason Brew uh, YouTube channel here. If you're listening on the podcast, I appreciate you tagging along. And remember that we are doing live shows every Monday night at 730. We'd love to get your questions and, and comments throughout the show. Unfortunately, here tonight, I know we had... Uh, Steven Ossentoski on last week, introduced him as the third member of the show. He's dealing with a bit of an emergency here today, unfortunately. So Steven is going to be back next week. He was fantastic last week. Obviously, you don't have to be concerned that we're not rolling with Steven moving forward. Uh, just unfortunately, something happened uh, to come up with him. But we got a lot to get to. Mission coming off of the victory on Saturday in convincing fashion, moving forward uh, to a game which uh, will not be. We thought it wasn't going to be a top 25 matchup. Uh, because we thought Michigan uh, wasn't going to be in the top 25. That remains to be seen. Washington probably not going to be in the top 25 uh, moving forward. So uh, we got that. We got major injury news uh, moving forward, obviously, here today. But uh, before we get into all that, Anthony, what's going on, buddy? Oh, it's good to be back. And so <laughs> I'm glad we didn't give me a farewell from Monday nights because yeah. <laughs> change and you got to step in and, and pick up the slack and obviously uh, – I you know, hope everything's good on Stevens' end. It's kind of a holiday weekend, coming off the end of a holiday weekend too. So, 
a lot going yeah. on, but we're here to do what we do, which is talk Michigan, whatever is going on. And it's, like I said, I think uh, we've pretty thoroughly plowed what happened in the Western Michigan game. Like we've talked about that and we're, like I said, we're live here on YouTube. So if you guys have questions and thoughts, we'll throw them up on the the screen here. Those of you guys who are listening after the fact, uh, hey, it's an incentive to join us live on Monday nights at 730. But I do see Logan Evans in here uh, as one of our subscribers. So shout out to Logan for being here. But yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it's, the elephant in the room is obviously Ronnie Bell. Like there's two big ones. It's the Ronnie Bell injury. And then yeah. after that on Saturday night, you see Washington lose to FCS Montana. So it's a pretty crazy show. I think what we should do first, though, is being that I've been on the air, I don't think you've done anything in the, the Michigan Western Michigan sphere yet. So I'm really interested to hear like your takes. Just your, You were at the game Saturday, so yeah. I want to hear about your experience, what you thought about the game, all that stuff. Uh, first and foremost, man, how awesome was it, you know, to have under 9,000 people in the big house, uh, cheering and, you know, Michigan giving something to cheer about, man. It, it was a great feeling. I got chills a few times just because I, I felt like I couldn't take it for granted. You know, that, that was the thing that kept it in the back of my mind after last year and, and just being able to get back there and having people cheering, man, it, it was truly, uh, something special as for the game, uh, itself, I thought this was uh, going in. This is what I wanted to see. This is the performance I needed to see from Michigan. You know, we, we talked about it on Brewcast last week. We talked about it on the betting, uh, the uh, Mason Brew picks, you know, is that uh, what are we going to see? Is it going to be a close game? Is it going to be a game in the second half? And for the most part, it really wasn't. But that's not to say that there weren't concerns from the game. Uh, I take there really was only one touchdown drive for Western Michigan that, you know, didn't come in garbage time. Uh, and you can, it's a drive that never should have happened because of uh, what Anthony, I saw you tweet about it, man. That taunting call was an absolute joke. I mean, just so incredibly soft. That would have, maybe Western picks it up on third and 12, but I seriously doubt it. The way Michigan was kind of flying around, you know, when they got Western into big down and distances, but there was some concern, particularly coverage wise uh, in the second half that I didn't like, seemed like they shorted up a little bit. The defensive line got a, a little more, dominant as the game progressed, uh, particularly Aiden Hutchinson. He was fantastic. Uh, we saw some great performance. I thought Chris Hinton uh, was fantastic in that game on Saturday. And that's what I love to see because uh, there, there's going to be a lot of defensive tackles that are rotating in, but Chris Hinton's a five-star guy, five stars, half the five-star. And I thought Dax Hill uh, did that as well. Dax, was everywhere, but particularly on those little screen passes, man, the way he was able to just kind of take on his blocker and still make a play. That is something that could be so huge uh, for the Wolverines here. So all in all, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a good performance. I thought Cade uh, looked great. One thing though, Anthony, that I I don't know if, if we got you in, we'll talk about uh, a bit about it as, as it goes on to the Washington game that I didn't like it. And I was a little concerned with the play calling and I don't know if it is just because it was Western Michigan, but with the starters in there, five of their first seven drives, starting with 
run plays and not necessarily I, I don't think that's a good thing really because you become predictable at that point but even the the two drives where they started with passes they were kind of a, a play action a little swing pass to Eric All and then a swing pass to Blake Corum uh, the, the play calling can, is a little predictable at times and we say hey it's against Western Michigan but we've seen it moving forward throughout the season like when are they going to stop being predictable in the play calling area yeah, I want to table that for when we start talking about Washington because I, I yeah. sort of queued up my biggest, um, I don't know if it's a concern or maybe the biggest storyline in my brain heading into this weekend's game. So I think we should probably, like, I'm going to table that conversation for Yeah. Um, so obviously the really unfortunate news. Yeah, obviously the, the big news is and my God, what a shame uh, this was because he was having an incredible day. Uh, Ronnie Bell on the punt return and the fact that it happened on such a good punt return too really even makes it a worse kick in the groin, I, I think a little bit. But Ronnie Bell uh, confirmed today by Jim Harbaugh. He is done for the season. What happens now? And I don't think this is an easy answer for the Wolverines. Obviously, it, it's next man up because you have no other choice. But, Anthony, what exactly does next man up mean? Well, it's more like next six men. The next six guys are up because I don't want to under or understate the importance of what Ronnie Bell brings. I mean, he's a captain. He's a guy who, even when they had a wide receiver room that had Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black, Two years ago, he caught 48 passes. Last year, he caught 26. I think uh, math, 74 catches over the last two seasons, Not you know, Saturday notwithstanding. Um, that guy is incredibly important. And someone who just, he, he's got a, obviously different positions, different players, but he's got a little bit of Jake Butt in him where he's just open for some reason all the time. Maybe that's because they've had other guys there, but it, it's a big loss, but they have... You know, they're, if you're going to lose someone from that position group, you want to lose. You want to uh, You want to lose him. Sorry, I can't talk today. Have one glass of wine on a holiday, and it throws you <laughs> off. Um, no, you, you you you're okay. You're not okay, but you feel a little bit better about replacing a guy like that when you have a wide receiver room that includes Cornelius Johnson and uh, Roman Wilson, AJ Henning, Mike Sainer still, Dalen Baldwin. Andre Anthony, Christian Dixon, like all of a sudden, like you have to, I can't say you have to feel good about what you have there, but there's a lot of speed in that group. Like you saw on Saturday, AJ Henning had a touchdown. Uh, it was a run. Again, this is where Michigan's going to have to get a little bit creative with how they replace Ronnie Bell. Um, but you, you saw his speed, Roman Wilson. We know he's got track star speed. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Sainer still, man. I mean, he had his blocking, by the way, Saturday was something to be old. I mean, it was yeah. it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and that's the one thing that's always been, I mean, cool. I, I know people say, oh, well, Michigan doesn't develop skill players, and they're right about that. But Jim Harbaugh wide receivers have always per, you know, been pretty good run blockers down the field. And Mike Sainer still has taken to that, and he had an outstanding game on Saturday in that regard. But, you know, you don't always want the, the first thing you say about your wide receivers that, Oh, he's a great blocker. Like those guys have to make plays too. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, Ronnie bell in limited action on Saturday was really the only guy that was open down the field or that was able to get separation down the field. So I have concerns about that, but you know, you don't, you don't just slide someone in to replace Ronnie bell. You have to do it as a group. Uh, this is going to be, you know, it's already in my mind, this is Josh Gaddis's, biggest you know coaching year because it's his third year with the new offense you know, there, there's a lot 
there's a lot in that room uh, that they have to kind of mitigate this loss. And what you're going to see on probably starting on Saturday, and I don't, I don't really care that Washington lost to Montana. What Washington's going to come out and do is they're going to stack the box and they're going to throw eight guys in there and they're going to say, hey, you're not going to run the ball for 330 yards again. So Michigan is going to have to find a way to throw the football. And, you know, given that Josh Gaddis, one of his calling cards when he was hired at Michigan was that this guy has a rap sheet of developing wide receivers. We need to see that start happening at Michigan because there's been some potential left on the table there. So um, all in all, it's got to be a group effort. You would hope that they're still, I mean, if they're still able to run the football and be physical up front, that obviously opens things up. And I think that's why Cade McNamara had such a good game on Saturday um, was he just had to run the offense because the guys up front were doing what they had to do. So yeah, you don't, you don't replace a Ronnie Bell. Uh, Like I said, a silver lining in it, I guess, is that he could potentially be back for a fifth year now. I don't, it depends on maybe what the NFL – if the NFL scouts have seen enough. I don't, I don't know. I have to do some some searching around on that. But it sucks. It's unfortunate. But I don't feel like – this isn't like if Aiden Hutchinson was out for the year or if Dax Hill was out for the year. This is a, obviously a captain that it's – he's still going to be in the building. He's going to have to lead from the sideline now. But um, similar – I feel similar to this to how I felt – Obviously, much different teams, different sports, much different scenario. But when Michigan lost Isaiah Livers this spring, you kind of felt like they had the pieces there to maybe Frankenstein some sort of solution. And I, I still, I feel that that might be the case for this Michigan offense. Still, I am I, like I find it. I think there's a ton of talent in the wide receiver room, but I, I'm certainly worried uh, with, with the lack of experience because we saw this in 2017. I understand it was a different offense. The quarterback situation was not great in 2017, but you had three freshmen coming in, you know, in Tarek Black, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins and trying to replace, you know, uh, huge production that you lost the year before. Um, a kind of similar to, to what you're doing here this year. You just outside of Ronnie Bell, you don't have a lot of career production in the wide receiver room. I understand they're all talented, but you need someone that you can lean on uh, on these third and mediums and third and longs. I, I'm almost positive uh, it was a third down w- where they lined up Ronnie in the slot, got him one on one and ended up with a 76 yard touchdown pass. It, yeah. uh, it was also um, a third down when he made the incredible one handed catch that was uh, one of the worst offensive pass interference calls I've seen. Um, but he was a guy that Cade could rely on. Who's going to be that guy? I understand you're going to try and make it a team effort, but you still have to have some confidence in those guys that can go out and make the play. I, I think they're going to lean heavily on Eric All. I thought they ran and designed a ton of plays for him. On Saturday, I think they're trying to get his confidence up. We know what happened last year, kind of with the drops and him it losing. It's nice his to see them get bit. him one right off the bat. On yes, Saturday. absolutely. I think he's going to be key. Uh, Cornelius Johnson kind of working those short and intermediate routes on Saturday. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I, I'm just worried. You know, it, it, could this be the the void for for a guy like Dalen Baldwin to, to step up? We saw his athletic abilities on the incredible pass from uh, JJ McCarthy, but. Other than that, Dalen wasn't really getting out there. We, we saw a lot of Roman Wilson out there, particularly when, when Ronnie went down. Obviously, Cornelius is going to get a lot of time out there, and Sandra still was out there. It's mostly those
those three guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if Dalen's coming up to speed, but he's the he is going to be the deep threat on this team if there is going to be a deep threat, in my opinion. So we'll see if he starts to get some some more looks moving forward. Let me ask you this, uh, addressing what was kind of a big narrative from the fan base on Saturday. Do we have an issue with him being on punt returns? I So I do, and I, I feel like I'm in the minority, and that's okay. I don't like it. Um, particularly because he was really your only experienced receiver. Uh, you know, when when Donovan Peoples-Jones was out there doing it, uh, first and foremost, I know DPJ was an incredible punt returner at Cast Tech. Like, I, that was kind of one of his bread and butters uh, coming in into Michigan. So, But you also had other guys that he came in with. You know, you, you still had Nico Collins and Ronnie Bell had emerged at that point. We still don't know what this wide receiver room really is. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I don't particularly like it. As it pertains to like Jabril Peppers, he was just one of the greatest guys, not even in terms of punt returns. He saved an incredible amount of field position just in the fact that he would come up and catch punts that other people would let bounce and lose a ton of field position. That's where I thought Jabril was so incredibly valuable in that role in 2016. As for Ronnie Bell, obviously dynamic, but it's... Yeah, it's tough, but I hate to see it. And maybe I've got my blinders on because this injury happened. But with the lack of experience around him in that wide receiver room, I I wasn't a huge fan of it. And obviously, uh, it really, really hurts the team. Now, what, what are your thoughts on that? I don't have an issue with it. It's one of those things where, I mean, Desmond Howard returned punts. Jabril Peppers mm-hmm. returned punts. Um in college, it's not. I think Devonte Smith returned some punts at Alabama last year. So, to me, yeah, it's fair. What's What's the difference if on the catch he makes that wasn't a catch, he tears his ACL, or mm-hmm. when he makes that cut to kind of get open on that touchdown, he tears his ACL? Like he's a football player. You could when you're moving like that, and you could torque mm-hmm. that knee at any time, and it, it could happen. He could have done it running out on the field, touching the banner. You know what I mean? So. Right. I don't have an issue with it, especially when, you know, the backup part returner winds up being Caden Colsar, who is a walk-on. Um, that you know, they absolutely don't... shocked me. I'm not going to lie to you there. And yeah. maybe that's a, a thing where they Ronnie emerged as the guy and they don't really work anyone else into that role, you know, because mm-hmm. you only spend so much time during the week on on punt returning. Well, I would imagine. Is... Maybe he's the only guy getting reps. Yeah, fielding punts is – I mean, I've never done it. I don't have the the requisite athleticism to even punt a football, let alone return a punt. But um, that's an incredibly hard job to do. And during Jim Harbaugh's Monday press conference, they more or less said, you know, for right now, Caden Colstar's, yeah, he's the next yeah. in line, but we like him as the guy that is our gunner or the rusher on special teams. So when he's not in that role, you lose something there. Um, AJ Henning, he, Jim Harbaugh said, fits the bill exactly for what they want there. But that guy's he, fast, man. It, it seems like they're just like, hey, AJ, we we think you fit here. You have to come get this. So it's yeah. going to be a pretty critical week in practice for that. And, and it was nice to actually talk to AJ Henning after Jim Harbaugh. He was one of the players they made available, and he said, "It's a work in progress for me still." Uh, and he's yeah. interested in doing it. And I, I think, given a full week to rep that I bet you he's the one taking punts back on Saturday night but I don't have an issue it's football it's and and like you just mentioned Anthony maybe it was just one of those things where 
hey, Ronnie Bell kind of was the only guy they felt comfortable with doing it. It wasn't a decision that they made that he was the best. Maybe he was really the only decision to make. Yeah, it, your best. I see people. Someone said in the comments here, Jake Raymond. I'll pull it up. Uh, you have to have your best hands guy field. And it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's it is what it is. And I've, yep. I've seen a couple of people in here say something about, you know, it's a lot harder than it looks. And yep. it could have happened on any playlist. I, I don't like have you. Would, you would hope a guy like me personally, a, a dynamic guy, a five star guy in like Donovan Edwards. I know it's not easy to just get him in there and, and have him start fielding punts, you know, whether he gets there in the spring or, or whatever. Uh, I know it, it's not an easy thing, but that's like kind of the ideal situation, right? Is this a five? This is a five-star guy that we don't think is going to crack the running back rotation of Haskins and Corum unless someone gets hurt or unless the score is big. But you want to get him on the field somehow and get the ball in his hands, and you feel like kick return or punt return would be perfect for that. But like a lot of folks in the comments have pointed out, it's not an easy gig. No, no, it's not. And and like I said, it's it's football. I mean, Jake Butt. Bless his heart, he, he tore his ACL in yeah. a bowl game. And, and what if, again, I'm not putting these, I'm not even going to say what I was about to say. Like anyone that made a play in that game at any point could have just moved the wrong way and you have a knee mm-hmm. injury. That's football. And you just, you just want to, to limit the, the chances of that happening. But at the end of the day, if you don't really have another choice, you don't have another choice, you know? Jim Harbaugh has always put the best guys on the field. This isn't, you know, it's not like right. Madden or NCAA where, you put the guy who has the most speed in at the kick return or punt mm. return. Like it's not, it, it's, it's a skill. Like punt returner is a skill position period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't have an issue with it. And like I said, it's, it's unfortunate for whatever reason, the football gods decided that Ronnie Bell was not going to be a big part of the on-field story of the 2021 Michigan Wolverines. Oh. But hopefully he's able to be a guy who can, um, I mean, how how good did he look there in that first half prior to that, though? That's the that is the worst part about this, because he and he's been such a guy. Obviously, he's been through a lot. You know, uh, 2019, well, you know, I felt so bad for him from the Penn State thing. And then, you know, he, he's just worked, you know, incredibly hard. I feel like it looked like his energy was outstanding on Saturday. He was making plays even if they didn't count. But. I, I just I can't get over. This is probably one of the worst I've ever felt for an injury in my like fandom or, or any sort of days, you know, watching sports for as long as I have. I just feel yeah. so, so bad for the kid. Yeah, it sucks. And I don't know why good, bad things happen to good, good players right. like that. Um, no, I I can't speak for Ronnie or his family or what the thought decision making process is, but my gut tells me that his story at Michigan isn't done yet. So yeah. uh, before we move on to Washington, I want to clean up some of the questions here uh, yeah. as we kind of put a bow on Saturday. Uh, this one, these actually both of these are from Logan Evans. So I'll put them up. Uh, he wants to know, would you put Michigan in the top 25 after a 47, 14 dub over Western Michigan? Luke thoughts. Uh, I think yes, in the sense that you look at some of the other scores around the country. Obviously, Washington going to drop out of the top 25. I I mean, Indiana just got absolutely stopped by Iowa, 34-6. to six. They were the number 17 team. I understand Iowa was number 18, but that's not even a close ball game. You, you, there's a good chance you, you potentially kick Indiana out. What do you do with Louisiana? 
you're basing a lot of that 23 ranking on what they did a year ago. Michigan went out. They were up uh, massively in this game. They were up 47 to 7. Uh, they look good. I understand it's Western Michigan, but it's almost like a, a, a by default thing. They blew them out. Do you drop LSU out of the rankings? Who knows? But but I feel like at least Michigan, Indiana, maybe Louisiana dropping out. I feel like Michigan should be in the 25-24 range. Yeah, I feel like anyone not named Alabama and Ohio State, I just was not super impressed by this weekend. So yeah. can I safely say there are 25 better teams in college football than Michigan right now? I can't, but I don't know. It's uh, It also feels like there is a bit of a – I don't know if you want to call it a course correction or whatever. Um, It feels like the Big Ten East might be kind of back to that top four, potentially being Ohio State and then some cluster of Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State. I was very impressed with what I saw from Michigan State on Friday, but we won't. We don't. Was not a good look for the West this week. No, pretty bad look, actually. And talking about guys that are out for the year, uh, likable guys, senior guys. Mo Ibrahim is also out for the year at Minnesota. So, so much for my Minnesota's winning the West pick. Uh, but uh, I want to clean up another one here uh, bef- with Logan before we move on. Uh, should Cade's performance, 9 of 11, 136 yards, two touchdowns, be a sign of what to expect for the rest of the season? Or should it should we carry a little caution because of Milton's first game last year? I'll start with this one. Um, yeah. I think that at some point they they will throw more than he'll throw more than 11 times in a game. He'll have to, it'll probably come as early as Saturday. Uh, they did throw 17, like the 43 rushes to 17 passes. There's no way that ratio can withstand, you know, uh, you know, if you're going to win football games this season. So they did what they had to do on Saturday. I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, Cade's a shorter guy. So the two incompletions being, Ball's bad at the line of scrimmage. That's something we'll have to kind of keep an eye on. But other than that, he did what I've what I've been saying he's going to do all along. He comes in. He's not spectacular, but he runs the offense. He makes the right throw. He moves the chains. And that's the perfect, you know, I, I think there there's the potential there for more for him. But, I mean, he's 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 a cool customer, man. He's, a, he's calm, collected, and he's, you know, at some point, like, Let's talk the other elephant in the room, what we saw with J.J. McCarthy on Saturday. It was rough going until that 69-yard touchdown. Like, it was kind of a herky-jerky freshman performance. At some point, that guy, I don't know if it'll be this year. Maybe it'll be sometime next year. I don't know. At some time, at some point, that guy is going to be too talented to keep off the field. But if, if Cade McNamara is the quote-unquote placeholder guy – I don't know if it gets much better than that. I, I think that he – I was pretty impressed with, with you know, this was a stat I heard today. So Cade McNamara between the, the Wisconsin game last year, the Rutgers game, the Penn State game, and then this opener on Saturday. He is, he's led 22 drives for Michigan to this point in his career. And I think they've scored tw- – I thought it was they've punted seven times, they've scored 12 touchdowns and gotten three field goals out of it. That's a pretty good success rate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm. I think he's going to be able to move them down the field again. I don't know if they're play calling. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, I should say, I would say Michigan fans should always be cautious. But I think you can be cautiously optimistic here. 
Well, I get to answer Logan's question here. It's it's pretty much a, for me is what did we see from Cade? Like you said, eleven passes, a number of those being swing passes, uh, particularly off play action to Eric All or those swing passes to the running backs. When we did get to see Cade let loose, oh my God, did he throw a couple of beautiful balls, particularly to Ronnie Bell, both of them. The touchdown was an absolute drop in the bucket. The one-handed catch Ronnie made, that was an incredible placement uh, along the sideline to where only Ronnie could get it. When we allowed, or when the coaching staff allowed Cade to throw the football, I thought he was spectacular. The The question moving forward is going to be how much confidence does this coaching staff have in him? Because after Western Michigan tied this game up and Blake Corum almost took it to the house, after a false start, they ran three straight times. They did not let Cade put it in the air at all. They didn't. I, I, it felt like at the time the coaching staff didn't trust him. They were like, we're in field goal range. We'll just take the points no matter what happens. We're backed up on first and 15. We didn't get what we wanted. We're going to run a draw on third down. I hated it. Let the kid throw it because he's proven that he can throw it. But that series in particular really played into that game manager theory that we have. And I would like to see them let him cut it loose a little bit. Cause I think he's proven, as you mentioned, Anthony, with the different series, he's a pretty damn good quarterback. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with what we saw from both quarterbacks. Like I said, it was, what was it? Wasn't it the Minnesota game last year where Michigan still had its starters in with like seven and a half minutes yeah. to go. Yeah. Uh, they didn't screw around this time around. They, I think they were only up, what was it, maybe 24 to 7 or 20, whatever it was, uh, 26 to 7. I don't know. But it was pretty early in the third quarter that they kind of flipped the script with, you know, getting JJ and those guys in there. And, and JJ, like I said, the more snaps that guy's get, that guy gets, and, and someone asked this during the press conference today, was it the plan to play JJ McCarthy as much as he did? And Harbaugh's like, yeah, I hope I can play him like that more often. Right. <laughs> Coming in for mop up duty, you know what I mean? So. I'd love to see JJ in that same scenario on this Saturday, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It would, it would be nice. Wouldn't it? So um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, you know, we could go into defensive stuff from Saturday. I'll just say this cautiously again, another cautiously optimistic thing. Yeah. Um, I I think uh, things are going to be a little bit rough there for a bit. I had heard last week that, uh, that a, uh, I had heard that, I won't even say it. I, I heard a an underclassman skill player that has not been given an opportunity to play yet scored like four or five touchdowns against the first team defense in practice throughout the last week or so. So I they certainly performed better than that on Saturday, but it. Uh, I, I was concerned with with coverage a little bit. Yeah. I think it was my biggest takeaway. And I don't know if that's something they're going to be able to fix this year. I, I just, I mean, I, yeah. I hope those guys. I, you think better, they but... get a little more comfortable in a new scheme, you know, as the season rolls along, but, but you're teaching different principles to, to what they've, anyone who's been in this program the last couple of years. Yeah. The one thing I will say, like, obviously Aiden Hutchinson, what else is there to say? I mean, he, it's not like he had four sacks, but he was disruptive throughout the day. Uh, Daxton Hill. I like them kind of when they go into nickel and dime packages, he's going to be playing in the slot. I like that. Be I like that guy being as close to the line of scrimmage as he can be at all times. So yeah. cool with that. 
cool with the win. You did exactly what you're supposed to do. I, I was a little team. bit surprised by that, Anthony, that that Dax did play in the slot so much. But like you said, that was uh, it was a pleasant surprise, I think. I think it speaks to to how they feel about RJ Moten. That's a that's a guy they really like and they're mm-hmm. trying to get on the field. And, and he even said he was repping with the ones during camp. So um, I, I dig it. It was it, it was I like I like the look. I like the scheme. Uh, I like the adjustments that were made after kind of a rough first drive or first couple drives. Uh, all in all, like I said in the postgame podcast Saturday, you did what you had to do against the Mac team. So, This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We ready to talk some Washington? Yeah, we are. Uh, real quick, Adrian Robertson, he says, why do you think they hold our QBs back from throwing the ball? It's so frustrating as a fan. And, buddy, oh, my God, am I right there with you? I have absolutely no idea. The amount of the amount of between-the-guards runs that this team likes to run, Josh Gaddis likes to call as a play caller, is sometimes mind-blowingly frustrated. I, I just I at this point I'm not expecting to to really see much different. It is what it is. This is his third year, and we didn't see a lot different on Saturday, so I wouldn't expect it moving forward. Yeah, well, we'll be talking about Mr. Gaddis here in a moment. So, um, yeah. and if it works, I mean, hey, by all means, if they can do it, you know, as long as they win ball games, that's that's really all I care about. We'll just see if uh, they're able to do it moving forward, and they've got a Washington team. Uh, coming in that, you know, it was a top 25 team here, uh, but they go and they lose at home to an FCS school, uh, Montana, 13 to seven on Saturday, which I, I would imagine was a pretty ugly game to watch. I didn't have the Pac-12 network, so I didn't get to lay my eyes on this one, but I feel like I was a little blessed in not having to do this. This is uh, a bit of a nightmare of a game. Uh, no scoring in the second and third quarters. Montana puts up 10 in the fourth to, to win this one, 13-7. Uh, Washington, maybe, a, I don't know, were they a little overrated coming in? I'm looking at the results from last year, Anthony. They went 3-1, and one, a 6-point win against Oregon State, a 17-point win against Arizona, and a 3-point win against Utah, and a loss by 5 to Stanford. Uh, returning uh, about 18 serves, a lot of offensive production, but not a lot of sample to, to go off of last season. So maybe they were a bit overrated coming into this season. 
I don't know because one, yeah, I mean, I, well, I, obviously I, a little overrated. They lost to an FCS school in week one. You know, Michigan was very overrated in 2007. So Michigan was overrated yeah. after one week last year. So, I mean, it's yeah, overrated, underrated. Honestly, who cares? Uh, and this is where I set the table for how I feel about this game this week. And not in like a, I think when I tweeted this on Saturday, people thought it was like me doing a chicken little, the sky is falling, everything's terrible type thing. Saturday provides a very unique learning experience and a very quick test of if this culture change that Michigan has been talking about is real because it is the exact same scenario as last year. You come out in the opener, you dominate Mm. a team full of traffic cones, you do whatever you want running the football, um, and the, the opponent you play, which last year was Michigan State, they lost to Rutgers, turned over the ball seven times. This year, it's Washington, who lost to an FCS school. Um, everyone's, you know, everyone is kind of like, it's gone from being a game where you're not sure if Michigan's going to win or not to you better win this game. And and this is where, and I think I said this in the podcast on Saturday too, like, is Michigan going to come out? And, and this is where my Josh Gaddis the, the the questions he looms over all this Ronnie Bell how do you replace him Washington quarterbacks throwing the football like he's the through line of all of this right uh, and it's mm-hmm. not you know the, it's a collaborative thing so all of the off- the offensive staff is involved in this Jim Harbaugh wears this too is it going to be well we showed in week one that we're big bully Michigan and we're going to punch you in the mouth and we're going to run the ball down your throat and you're just going to have to stop it the Washington is uh whether Washington lost to Montana or not, they come into the big house next week as a much better team than Michigan state was last year. And yeah, like I said, is there going to be some, are you going to be able to when Washington loads the box to stop the run? There's, there might not be enough wig as, as much wiggle room for Blake Corum as there was. Um, I know those gaps might not be there for a guy like Hassan Haskins to run through. So if, how do you adjust to that? How does your, We'll call it. We'll call it hubris. When you when you run the ball forty three times in a game, you keep doing it because you want to be a bully. You want to set a tone. Is there a is what did they learn from last year? I guess is what I'm getting at. So I think you're better at the quarterback position, and that helps. But other than that, like the table set for a pretty big learning experience uh, in this second game. I honestly don't know what to expect from Washington coming in. You, I, I'm, I'm really only going on the box score uh, against Montana. I haven't went and looked at the highlights or anything, but uh, Dylan Morris was 27 of 46. And is, like you said, they, they didn't have seven turnovers against Montana, but uh, it's a minus three turnover differential. You know, uh, the, the 65 yards on 27 carries, maybe a little misleading. Morris uh, looks like he was, uh, he had four rushes for negative 24 yards, whether they counted sack yards in that or, or those were legit rushes. I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know what to expect from them to, to be quite honest with you. And maybe they were looking ahead to Michigan. Maybe they were preparing all week for Michigan because they had an FCS school coming in. We don't know, but like you said, this is, uh, a, we've had a lot of quotes, you know, Aiden Hutchinson said they haven't done a damn thing. They're not satisfied, but as many people have pointed out here, Washington's going to be pretty hungry coming into the big house. I don't think they're going to lay down and die because they lost to Montana last week. They're going to be looking to prove to someone because they've probably had this game circled on the schedule a little bit, especially considering Michigan was supposed to go out to Washington last year and wasn't able to make the trip. So they're going to definitely want to come in 
and make a statement uh, to the country. Their season's not over. They, they've still got the Pac-12 to look forward to. Like, their playoff chances are, are pretty much not at this point, but uh, the season is not over for Washington by any stretch of the imagination. They're, they're looking to put their best foot forward, but – we don't have much to go off last year and going off of last week. I mean, I hate to say it. Michigan, I feel like Michigan should win this game. Is, is that better? You know, you know I mean, absolutely. I feel like they, they absolutely should win this game. Considering, you know, Montana beat them. You should be able to go out there and beat them. Well, and I've seen people on Twitter say, oh, well, this now it's a lose-lose for Michigan because if you win, people will say Washington was bad and you should have beaten them. And if they lose. I don't became- disagree with that. I do disagree with that because you know what? Guess guess what? It, it's a win lose because if you win, you go to two and zero. If you lose, you're one and one, and you should be. But there. but Western is a lose lose, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you mean? You know, it, like like you only play the you can only play the teams that are in front of you. But we can, as you know, as fans, as you know, people, we, we break down what we like from the game against Western, and we you know talk about maybe some of the things they need to work on. But you should never, Michigan should never lose to Western Michigan. Never, Michigan should never be in a dogfight with Western Michigan in the second half. They, so they didn't, and they weren't. <laughs> right, but that. But I'm saying, but we're right. also not saying, hey, Michigan is going to contend for the Big Ten because of what they did against Western Michigan. It's yeah. it's a lose lose in the sense that, uh, like, if you win, you should have, and if you lose or if it's close, then. Well, everyone's going to hit the panic button. But at the end of the day, if you're Michigan, you just have to go out and win. Like, that's it. You only play the teams that are in front of you. I guess the lose-lose isn't for the team itself, but more of the perception of the team from us and the the voters, which at the end of the day really mean not. I mean, we've seen what good the perception of the program is. So, like, I I don't care Mm. if people – they shouldn't – they don't care what people are saying. Jim Harbaugh said uh, during his press conference on Monday – uh, it, it's not relevant. What Washington did last week isn't relevant. Right. Um, you still have to win the game. Component. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I just, I don't buy the lose, lose the, the thought that, Oh, well, you know, a win is a loss because you should have beaten them anyways. No, a win is a win because you beat them. Period. Yeah. I, I will say this though, from, so from, from the way I'm looking at it is, this is still going to be the same Washington team this Saturday that it was going to be, whether they beat Montana or not. But down the line, if I mean, at the end of the day, if Michigan wins the, the Big Ten championship and, you know, has zero or one losses, they're going to go to the playoffs. So it doesn't really matter. But just as something as a perception, like this is the same Washington team. Michigan, we now know, is probably better than Washington. But if Washington doesn't lose that game to Montana, I, I feel like maybe we take more away from the victory on Saturday. Yeah, but okay. If so, if it happens, I'm not. I'm I'm obviously not saying that it's in the bag. So humor right. humor me for a second. So I'm going to pull up Michigan's schedule, mm-hmm. and let me. These are all teams on Michigan's schedule that had a really terrible first week of the season. Washington, right? Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, mm-hmm. Indiana. That's pretty much it. I mean. So if they win all those games, is it a lose-lose because, oh, well, they were supposed to win those games? No, win the games. In terms of if Michigan wins a Big Ten with two losses on the schedule, Mm. say they beat Ohio State, but they stumble uh, against Washington and Penn State. Okay? Sure. So 
I mean, if they lose to Washington on Saturday and they're they're a two loss Big Ten champ and Washington, you know, finishes third in the in the Pac-12 or something like that and has the loss to Montana. Look, Michigan's going to get left out like that's that's kind of where I'm looking at it from. In this scenario, Michigan's going to Indy. So now I'm just like in a fever dream. So <laughs> you, you if, know. If, that, if your scenario happens, I'm getting shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo's. So right, I, yeah, I, I, hear you. I hear you. You know what I mean? But so, I, I, All I mean is that Michigan should win this game, and whether or not Washington beat Montana on Saturday or not, Michigan still should win this game. I would just prefer it's a 1-0 ranked Washington team. But at the end of the day, you still got to go win the damn game. I just don't – why do we care what how people perceive what the quality of the win was? You know what the best way – Well, we need, we need the college – I mean, I'm well, getting way ahead of myself you know, here, but you, you know need the, the committee – you need the committee to perceive it in a way. The committee? This team might – we still don't know if this team wins more than seven or eight games. That's what I mean. I said I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself here, <laughs> but, I mean, hey, you, you got to take every week with that look right. until they start losing. They will, you know? they will always move the goalposts. If they go undefeated and beat Ohio State, people will say that Ohio State was overrated. So it's – it doesn't that doesn't matter to me, I guess. I guess at the end of the day, you know what you know what the best possible result where it becomes truly a win and no one can debate it is you beat the brakes off of them like you did to Western this week. Because mm-hmm. that's what you should do. Uh, yeah. well, I can't say like they're six and a half point favorite. We can't say like, oh well, I expect them to blow this team out. But you know what? Right. You're a good football team. You're gonna beat the you, you beat the piss out of this team on Saturday. That's that's what it boils down to. So if they blow them out, yeah, this might be a very good football team. If they don't, well, we'll see what happens with the other games they play. But I don't, uh, I don't care what Paul Feinbaum thinks of what Michigan does against Washington. I don't care what Kirk Herbstreit thinks. I don't care what. Uh, I don't care what. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Two and zero is two and zero. Two and zero sets them up to go. Well, what, do, what do you think if Washington if Washington beats the hell out of Montana? And Michigan wins in a close one. Is your perception of this team changed as it would be if Michigan goes and wins a close one now? No, because they will have beaten a Pac-12 team in our 2-0. So, but at the same time, I'm, I'm totally in lockstep with Jim Harbaugh here, which now I'm really dizzy. Now I'm really feeling weird. Um, what if they beat Montana? Like, what if they won that game on the last drive and didn't throw a pick? What if they blew them out? It's completely irrelevant. Like, if you want to send a message, I don't care if Montana won 70 to 3 on Saturday or lost like they did 13 to 7. If you want to send a message that your your culture has changed, that you've rebounded as a program, that things are on the right track, you come out Saturday night before a national audience with the, the lights on at the big house and you beat the hell out of this team. Period. Period. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know if they. I don't know if they have it in them. Like I don't know either. I've, I. You know. Still, I don't feel like I know much more about this team than I did. Uh, right. Despite what happened with. Like again, I said, I still think. I still think it's a talented right? Washington team. You know, I, I. That's that's the thing. I'm trying not to to get in my head of myself. Like, oh, they lost to Montana. Michigan's going to come in and beat the heck out of them because we learned our lesson last year. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll see. Um. Like I said, the same conversation, like what Michigan did last week was irrelevant because we don't really know what they are either. That right. could, yeah. Maybe that's a blip on the radar game. Not to the extent that losing to an FCS team is, but maybe right. to the exact op. So, like, you know what? If you're a good football team, you not only win this game Saturday, but you do it in pretty impressive fashion. So I think that's what I'm looking for. I don't buy the lose-lose stuff. We got uh, to maybe put a bow on this show. 
Yeah, for sure. I was just uh, scouring for some. So no. I, I, I like that. I, I was just scouring for some questions here. I, I don't think we we have really any new ones other than uh, Nicholas asking uh, who's who. We got our our names on the thing. If you're watching on YouTube, there. So yeah, that'd be that's where uh, I will not skimp on putting out what our social media and where to find us is today. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like a preacher. I feel like I just stood up on the pulpit and spread the good word. So. <laughs> The, the, the good word of the uh, Michigan football gospel here. So uh, we'll let him know first, uh, first and foremost, uh, for those of you that were expecting to see Steven and you weren't here for the start of the show, Steven's going to be back next week. Just had a, a bit of an emergency uh, to get to. So uh, I'm sure, you know, he, he's going to have a lot of videos up here uh, this week, but we're, we're wishing him well and can't wait to, to be back with him next Monday. Anthony, uh, for you, where, where can we find you? Any, uh, any site business that you need to get out there? Well, first and foremost, thanks to Logan Evans here. Uh, or again, we've been doing this on YouTube for you guys that are listening after the fact. Uh, Logan Evans, let's get a shout out for memberships too. So you can join as a member of our YouTube page by clicking below. The join button's right there. Uh, for the price of buying one of us a beer each month, you get ac- early access to Steven's videos. You get some other perks. All that's laid out, so that's below. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew, wherever you are on social media. We're everywhere at this point. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher for all of our podcasts. Uh, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Uh, so those of you who were in for the first time, welcome. For those of you who keep coming back, we love to we love the engagement. We love the interaction and appreciate you being here. So we'll see. It's a big week, big week for everyone here. So uh, there's no looking back. Full steam ahead. Logan, I hope you got a chance to to get Steven's hype video a little bit early, man. That thing was awesome. I know that hopefully uh, that made the the membership worth it. We really appreciate you. Really appreciate everyone uh, hanging out with us on Monday nights. Love looking at the the comments and questions, man. I love that football season's back. I hope this team gives us something good uh, to talk about moving forward. Don't forget to subscribe uh, to the YouTube page so you know uh, when we are going to be coming on and any new videos that drop, hit the bell as well. For those listening on the podcast, you can subscribe uh, to the YouTube page and be with us every Monday Monday night at 7.30 for Brewcast. And uh, don't forget, when you're listening on the pod, subscribe, rate, and uh, leave a review. We really appreciate that. So that's about going to wrap it up for us here on this Monday night. Can't wait to be back next week and look back uh, on the Michigan-Washington game. For Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.